The Dental Practice Fixers podcast is brought to you by the Meadow Center for Dental Practice Success. To find out how we can help increase the success of your practice, check out meadow.com or call us at 1-800-258-0060. I would love to tell my patients about the great courses that I've taken, about the state-of-the-art tech equipment that we have at our practice, and about all the patients that have come here and have loved our treatment. But I can't because of our crazy local regulations. That's a question that we're going to tackle today on this week's edition of the Dental Practice Fixers podcast, along with a very special guest. So hang on and you'll hear all about that. I am Dr. Richard Maddo, co-founder of the Maddo Center for Dental Practice Success, and welcome to this week's Dental Practice Fixers podcast. Uh, before we get into the meat of it, so so to say, or maybe if you're a vegan, before we get into the tofu of it, um, I just want to let you know, we just got a really nice email from a doctor in California, Dr. Garcia, said he just started using Fat Merchant and he is now saving over $600 per month in his credit card processing fees, over seven grand a year just by clicking and making one simple phone call. And then got an email from my friend, Dr. Mitchell Josephs, good friend down in Florida who's co-host of the Dental Practice Fixers. He is saving over $1,000 per month using Fat Merchant for his credit card processing because they don't charge an overage percentage, just a low monthly fee. Now, Dr. Mitchell also sent me a picture of what he's about to purchase with his Fat Merchant savings. So maybe I'll be able to talk about that in a few weeks. Um, I'll just give you a hint. It has four wheels and goes very fast. So I um, can't wait to share that with you. In any case, to find out more, Go to maddo.com slash save, M-A-D-O-W.com slash S-A-V-E. Find out how you can start using Fat Merchant in your practice. Save hundreds or thousands of dollars per month because they do not charge an overage percentage on their credit card processing. Okay, um, we had a really interesting listener question this week, which um, tempted me, or not tempted me, but actually had me call um, a, somebody that was introduced to me by Dr. Mitchell Josephs. They were actually classmates. And the reason that we're having this special guest on today is because he is a dentist practicing in Canada. And our question this week came from a Canadian dentist. So without further ado, I want to introduce this week's co-host from Ontario. His name is Dr. Livingston Chen. And there he is. How are you doing today, Liv? I'm, I'm good. Thanks, Rich. Thanks for having me on. Um, yes, I did graduate with Mitchell class of 88 in Montreal at McGill, and uh, I still keep in touch with him, and uh, he did mention about the fat merchant the other day to me. Yeah, I don't think you can use fat merchant in Canada yet, can you? No, I called, um, and they said they don't venture up into Canada, and it's some kind of government regulations, but uh, it's unfortunate, but, uh, you know, it stops at the border, just like virus exactly well for those of you in the u.s please check out matto.com slash save um, but anyway Liv, you are our guest today for many reasons first of all because you're a really cool guy with a lot of great insights into how to run a successful dental practice but our question actually comes from a canadian dentist and i know that you've got some interesting answers to share with everybody um, now i heard a rumor 
that way back in dental school, you and Mitchell Josephs played in a band together. Is there any truth to that rumor? Yes, we did. We were in a band and we were legends in our own mind. And we, our band's name was Necrosis, which means sell death, which is like kind of heavy metal rock. But we played a lot of Rolling Stones and uh, we had a good time. It was fun. Sounds like a blast. I was in a band in dental school also, um, but it was only half dental students and half like, I'll say normal people, because we all know how crazy dental <laughs> students were. No, we so, were all dental students. We were yeah. all dental students in that. That's, I think every dental school had a band that was called the Matrix Band. So I'm, I'm <laughs> glad the yours was called Necrosis and not the Matrix. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, great to have you here today. And I'm going to get right, right into our question. Um, and it says, Dear Fixers, I'm a dedicated podcast listener in Ontario, Canada. In Canada, our regulations for marketing are much stricter than what you have in the U.S. For example... We cannot insinuate in any way that our practice is better than others. We can't use phrases like state of the art or cutting edge. We can't even put on our website that we have taken advanced courses. With, with all of these restrictions, do you have any tips on how I can grow my practice quickly? And it's signed Worried in Windsor. Wow. Well, one thing you can do worried in Windsor is get in your car, drive over that short bridge and, and go to Detroit and practice there where they don't have right. all these crazy regulations. Um, That's right. Liv, is this true? Are you guys that restricted? Absolutely true. We are handcuffed in what we can do and we, what we can advertise. And it's been like that from the start since I've been practicing 33 years. We can't say those things. We can't say we took courses. We can't say that... Uh, to our patients that we've gone to meetings and updated our continuing education uh, because it's the college our college says that it implies superiority over another dentist which is something that they want to um, they want to have even keel all over all over the profession but the thing is um, we can tell our patients, but we can't advertise. I can't put it in a newsletter. I cannot put it in a, uh, on your website. Uh, we're very handcuffed in what we can do. I understand what they're trying to do, but it just it inhibits uh, us getting out there. Yeah, and you it were telling me that you you attend the Chicago Midwinter meeting every year, one of my favorite meetings. Three years. Yeah, you yeah. take great courses. You probably look through the exhibit hall to see all the latest and greatest equipment and learn so much there. And then you can't even put on your website that you attended this meeting? I can't, I can't do that because I ran that on our website and I passed that in front of our college. And they said, I have to take that out because of the guidelines. It's... it's Unbelievable. Our hands are tied. So you sent me a copy. Of, you sent me a copy of these guidelines. I highlighted a few things which I think thought were unbelievable. Um, you cannot have statements which suggest or create an expectation of favorable. Favorable. See, I have trouble pronouncing it because you guys put the U in favorable. You can't have statements which suggest or create an expectation of favorable results. So you can't even. You can't even say that you expect great results when you see patients. No. Uh, you can't refer to continuing education. Membership? No. You can't say that you're a member of the Canadian Dental Association? No, because uh, they want to say that everyone is a member of the RCDS and everyone should be a member of the Ontario Dental Association. So that's kind of implied. So that's, 
it's a superiority thing. It's you can't say you're better because you're a member of this. You can't um, use words or phrases to suggest a higher quality in relation to services, equipment, technology, or products. So, for example, I know everybody uses digital x-rays these days, but just to make an example, when they first came into play and there were some practices using digital and some practices were still using traditional, you couldn't put on your website that you've got this new technology that will spare the fears of radiation and give crystal clear images. You couldn't tell your patients that. No, because, uh, and if you read down the guidelines, it's preying on patients' fears of radiation. And that's one of the guidelines that says you cannot, uh, you cannot, um, let's say, uh, advertise on patient fear of one radiation or pain. You can't say I'm painless dentist. Oh, jeez! Because it's also in the guidelines. So in your in your personal bio on your website, you're not allowed to say something like um, Dr. Chen takes great pride in in. Um, you know, treating cowards or, or providing dentistry that's as comfortable as possible. You can't say anything like that. No, you can't say we cater to cowards. You know, can't, can't do that. I think the reverse of this policy, and I guess we all understand what they're trying to do here, but I think it favors the inferior dentists who don't take courses and don't have good equipment and don't care about their patients because nobody can now differentiate between people like you and the, and the crappy dentists. Well, that's right. Because the only one who knows uh, the quality of your dentistry is another dentist. The only one who will know, it's not the patient because you can't say, oh yes, I use this to do this. Uh, the patient won't know because you can't tell, you can't advertise that you've, you've bought this new equipment or you've, you're using this new technique. You can't say that in your website. Only another dentist will know what you're doing kind of thing. Um, Can you do before and after pictures on your website? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I have before and after cosmetics. Uh, and I cannot call myself a cosmetic dentist because there are no specialties in cosmetic dentistry mm -hmm. because everyone apparently does cosmetic dentistry. So if you say you're a cosmetic specialist, the college frowns upon that and you will get the letter. Ah, it's those uncosmetic dentists that I'm worried about. Okay, right. so... So, I mean, it's kind of like, it's, it was this way in the old days in the U.S. It's funny. I remember when I was in dental school, I was uh, 1980 through 1984 is when the regulations in the U.S. really started to soften and we were, we had free reign to advertise, so to speak. And, um, you know, we were all, oh, if you advertise, will you be looked down upon? And what's the difference between advertising and marketing, all these things. But, you know, of course, Back in the in the golden age of dentistry in the U.S., the '60s and the '70s, when you know we were kids, um, it was word of mouth, it was referral, that was everything. So it sounds like that's really the way that the Canadian dentists are growing their practices. So here you are, over 30 years in practice, very successful practitioner. I think it would be really helpful if you share with our listeners maybe some of the things that you do in your practice, um, since you can't be aggressive at all in your marketing, you've got to kind of do it the old-fashioned way, which is great as well. That's right. We do subtle things. We do, let's say, my daughter a, was a member of a sports team, uh, a, a state-level sports team, if, uh, if, you know, you're talking about the U.S. So what you would do is you would talk to the sports trainer and said, well, you know what, if you need any help with like, mouth guards or anything like that, you put your name up. And you get involved in the organization, and if they require something, 
dental work or mouth guards or uh, consultations with like concussions and all that, they have your name. And that's one way to get your name out there without doing advertising is that you put yourself in, uh, let's say, an organization and people know who you are. Uh, another thing you can do, and I think Mitchell has done this too, is public library visits. Hey, Liv, hang on, hang on for one second. Hold yeah. the public library visits for a second because I definitely want to talk about that. But I want to come back to your sports team thing because yeah. um, when I first started my practice, this is something that I really felt strongly about, and I sponsored a local softball team. And I made sure that every communication, now in those days it wasn't even email yet, but you know, there are a couple, you could send out a communication and just say, you know, here's when the practice is, blah, 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 blah. But I would always do it on my practice letterhead. Because why not? Let you know everybody that's involved with the team. They may not know that you're a dentist. They may not know where your office is. Then when we started sending emails, every email signature would have my office name, contact information, a little catchphrase like you know we're improving smiles daily, just something. And I would talk to dentists about it, and it would be like, oh wow, I never thought of that. Every single communication that you have with every single person, no matter if it's because you're sponsoring the softball team or the hockey team or, you know, patronizing the arts or whatever it is, let it be very clear that you're a dentist and where your practice is. And I couldn't believe how many people weren't taking advantage of that opportunity. Uh, it's very simple. And I mean, I just uh, introduced myself to the sports trainer and I went through that route because then through them, they know who I am and uh, all the parents knew who I was too. Exactly. Uh, and so your name is just out there and it, what does it cost you? Nothing. It's you're just doing an affiliation with, let's say, a team or an organization, and that's it's fairly easy to do. And whether or not the whole team comes, it, it doesn't really matter. But if you get maybe three, four patients, and you know that snowballs, um, that's worth it right there. And it's but again, it's just to get your name out there. You know, and I'm not breaking the rules. Exactly. Okay, so you were you were about to say something that you did in public libraries. What's that? Yes, all you about? can do it like a. What you do is you can rent a room and say, you know, I'd like to give a talk on, let's say, uh, geriatric dentistry or, or dentures or something. Like that. It doesn't really matter what it is. And then you have it in a public library, and you can put a little ad. They will put an ad on their website or put it up on their board. It says, uh, Dr. Chen's making a talk uh, Thursday night at uh, seven o'clock, and uh, there will be refreshments and stacks uh which is very key uh because they will come for the free food and talk about uh whatever subject you want and after that you can give your business card or or you you have an office like um, uh, syllabus that with your name address all about you that you would give out and if you give that out and you get three four patients from that Again, that again will might snowball, and you never know. But again, you're doing a public service. You're giving information, and if someone says, "Oh, wow, I never thought about that," maybe I'll talk to you because no one ever talked to me about whatever. And then they will come in and talk to you. And again, that's a, a subtle way of doing stuff. And what does that cost you? It costs you your time, which is, you know, which is fine. 
Right. And, and, you know, here in the U.S., we'd probably be even a little bit more aggressive about marketing that. Um, I love doing things that are public service because, first of all, it feels good to help people, especially the elderly. Um, but, you know, you can do this in, in um, a senior living facility yeah. where, you know, I think we call them active senior living facilities where people, you know, it's not like a nursing home. People are, are healthy yeah. and active. Right. And a lot of people that live in facilities like that have a high income level. Um, a lot of savings, and they're really interested in, in keeping themselves healthy. So I love doing the talks because even if you don't get any patients out of it, you feel good because you've helped people, you've educated people. And as you said, you could easily get three or four patients, which is fantastic. And then they refer a couple others and boom. Exactly. Uh, and another thing, one of my patients is a teacher and she wanted, it was profession day. And she said, well, could you come in and give the kids a talk? And these are like, uh, you know, nine, ten-year-old kids. I said, yeah, why not? So, you know, Dr. Chen, he's a dentist, and he's going to talk to you about brushing and so on and so forth. So you go into the classroom, and I, I, I wear scrubs. And uh, my scrubs are all cartoon scrubs. They're all Marvel scrubs, Spider-Man scrubs, SpongeBob scrubs. So you wear one of those because the kids identify with that. Said, oh, look, it's Spider-Man or it's the Avengers. So right there, you've got their attention. Then uh, what we did is we had toothbrushes made with our office name and phone number on it. And you would just give these out uh, to, all, to everybody, to all the kids in the room, just so someone has your information on it. And you would give the talk on brushing and so on. And, um, you know, again, they go home and say, and parents say, oh, where'd you get that? So, oh, Dr. Sandy, this is why. Because uh, Mrs. So-and-so had a talk with, uh, it was a professional day. And again, that just gets you out there. And uh, it, it's just to get your name out there. Yep, I agree. I, I'm a big fan of school visits. I love school visits. I, when I had my practice, I did them all the time. And I think you need, uh, the way that I did it also was I always brought little goodie bags. We had personalized bags with our practice you know, logo, uh, contact information, all the great stuff on a brush, floss, little toy, whatever. But also, I made sure that um, the faculty and the administration got my little, my little giveaway bags as well. Schools are the greatest referral sources. The word Absolutely. spreads like wildfire. I don't know what goes on in the faculty room. I suspect, suspect a lot of hanky-panky. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Lot, a lot of a lot of referral recommendations, chit chat, you know, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Schools are fantastic. That's 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 all you need, and uh, those are a few subtle ways to get your name out there. And I, I mean, I tell you a little story. I had a ninety-two-year-old patient come in the other day, a little old lady, and it was her birthday the day before. And she told me, "Oh, it's my birthday. I'm ninety-two years old." So I had to do a little occlusal filling on a premolar, on a lower premolar. Okay, took me what? What's it taking? 15 minutes to do that, fine. At the end of the day, she comes out to pay. I said, you know what? Happy birthday, this is on me. She was so happy. And because of COVID, she's, oh, I cannot hug you. Oh, I'm so sorry. I can't hug you because of this, this, this coronavirus. But I'm so happy. I'm going to tell all my friends and I'm going to tell my whole condo. So... A little goodwill to your long-term patients, and she's been with me for about 20, 25 years, uh, goes a long way. And it, again, what does it cost you? It costs you your time. But again, it puts goodwill into the patients, and they will tell other people. And it's word of mouth, and that's what really drives our practice. 
The problem is then all of her friends made appointments on their exact birthdays, hoping for yeah. it. <laughs> but, you know, as we say, a lot of your um, internal marketing just revolves around being a mensch, being a good guy, doing the right thing, being kind to people, um, the word spreads. And if you're only concerned about cranking out the treatment and not the person behind the treatment, it's not going to help you. No. And I look at the whole picture. I look at the family. I look at how long you've been seeing me and you treat them accordingly. Because people who are loyal to you, they want loyalty back. And I think that's what patients are looking for is, uh, yep. is that. You know, we, we love marketing. We teach marketing. We help practices with marketing. But it only goes so far because you could spend $20,000 a month doing all the things in the U.S. that you're not allowed to do in Canada and bumping up your SEO, pay-per-click, whatever you want to do. But then when the patient comes to your practice, if they're not treated well, they're not only going to leave, but they're going to give you a bad review and they're going to you know, spread negative vibes about you. So right. if, you're, if you're not treating people well, all the external marketing in the world is going to come back to haunt it's, you. It's not going to help. It's not going to help. You need to treat people like your family. You need to treat patients like your family. And when they feel that way, they'll be very comfortable with you. And they will tell their friends because you treated me that way. And they want other people to feel the same way to go to a practitioner, doctor, dentist, doesn't matter what it is. They want to feel welcome. They want to feel at home. And I think that's the whole, that's the whole feeling of a patient, uh, um, experience is they want to feel comfortable. I think that's what they're looking for more than anything else. Totally agree. Now it's easy for you because Canadians are so much more polite than uh, the people down that's here right. in the U.S. <laughs> what do you have? You really noticed different differences between um, Canadians and residents of the good old USA? Uh, you can say anything here. It's the practice fixers. <laughs> we we are more polite. We say A a lot, uh, <laughs> but, uh, and we don't call it ice hockey. We just call it hockey. <laughs> well, how about Canadian bacon? Do you just call that bacon? This is just bacon. Just plain old bacon. <laughs> that Canadian bacon is like ham. It's like, oh, it's like, oh, it's weird. That's pretty funny. I don't like that stuff. I also often wonder why so many of the greatest, um, songwriters in popular music are from Canada. You get Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, Young. Leonard Cohen. I mean, yes. just those three represent three of, of the greatest of all time. Exactly. I, I think it's our plight. No. <laughs> <laughs> so for, I love going to Canada. Um, I've done dental gigs in, you know, all the Toronto, Vancouver, um, London, Ontario, um, one of the one of the cities in the prairie was it Edmonton or I can't I don't know Saskatchewan Alberta yeah. yes yeah and always so Winnipeg. great people, yeah. people are so welcoming um, and of course gone there just for for fun and pleasure so many times so I cannot wait for travel to become normalized again to to make it up to visit my friends in Canada what a cool place you know when you come up to Canada you have to try poutine do you know what poutine is. Uh, yeah, poutine looks like a big bowl of French fries that somebody vomited on. That's right. It's French <laughs> fries with, with gravy and cheese curds. It's like the best thing. <laughs> I've had poutine before. Um, oh, good. It's a real Canadian treat, so to speak. That's right. <laughs> Is that what you serve at your library talks? You serve poutine? <laughs> That's right. I put bacon on it. Then I give the uh, cardiovascular talk. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right, right. Now, so back to that just for a second, then we'll do some phone calls. If somebody were to, and I know it varies for everybody, how many people would you say somebody could expect if they book a room at their local library and do a talk? You know, if you're getting 10, 15, I'd say that's okay. And, and expect that. And today would be less because people are scared to, to go out and congregated groups right now. So it would be average like 10 people. Right. That might be a better activity for post-COVID. Yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. You can't do that now. No. Or people are scared to do that now. You, you can't uh, do group talks anymore. But keep it in mind because one day soon, hopefully we'll be able to again. Thank now, you. so we've been talking about great ways to treat your patients so that they become loyal, remain loyal and refer others. But then when they refer someone else to your practice, it all breaks down if the phone is not answered correctly. So what do you say, Liv? Ready to do some secret shopper calls? Let's do it. Okay, now, since our um, question today came from somebody in Windsor, Ontario, I actually called practices in Windsor, Ontario, believe it or not. So uh, let's see. All right, let's rock. Let's go to call number one. I'm going over here to Command Central. I hope you can hear this okay. Let me try to crank it up. Call number one. Carly. Uh, hi, can you please tell me how much is a crown? How much a crown is? Yeah, how much a crown would cost to have done. Um, yeah, may I ask who's calling? Sure, James Hepburn. Okay, James, give me one second, okay? Sure. Now, we were about to go in what I call the endless hold. Is that double beep a Canadian thing or just this office happens to use that? It's this office. <laughs> I, have, I have no beep. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds almost kind of European to me, that, that double beep. Okay, so she put me on hold. She asked my name. Maybe she's maybe that's her polite way of seeing if I'm a patient of record. I'm not sure, but this whole beep. But this whole, let me make some cookies. I'll be right back. Exactly. I would have hung up by now. Oh, yeah. It's way too long. Yep. Okay, two beeps, I get it. Now there's some kind of weird conversation going on. I'm not sure what's going on there. It's weird. You can hear noises even though you're on hold. It's weird. Yeah. Hi, James. Sorry, you are asking about a crown? Yes, I just wanted to know how much a crown was. So it varies um, whether or not like you have coverage. We try to help somebody out. Right, mm -hmm. and that can be between like eight fifty, eight hundred dollars, and then with coverage, it, um, it all depends on the crown that you get. Right, some right. are like a gold crown; it could be fourteen hundred dollars. Um, but you're probably looking at about ten twenty-five. Okay, so I don't know if I have insurance coverage for a crown or not, but it sounds like the the charge is different depending on that. Yeah, we try to help somebody out if they don't have coverage. We usually try to give them like 20%. Oh, very nice. Yeah, so because, you know, we want you to keep your teeth, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, same, same. That's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, so we try to do something like that. Um, but they're usually about like 10, 10 25 with the lab fee. It's always a lab fee that varies. So yeah. I have to pay the lab fee additionally? No, nope, no, nope, that's total. So it would, um, let's say if you did have coverage, you're looking at, um, yeah, about a thousand twenty-five. Great, thank you so much. Yeah. I really appreciate the information. Yeah, no problem. Okay, okay sure. All Bye right. now. Bye. Bye.
What do you think? What's your first comment? Oh boy, uh, you're going to get a letter. <laughs> you're going to get the letter. No, first of all, okay. In my office, a crown is, let's say, 1200 bucks. If you have insurance or don't have insurance, a crown is $1,200. You cannot have a two-tier in Canada or in Ontario. You can't have two-tiered fee system because, again, that's against regulations. Just because you have insurance does not mean that your fee is going to be higher. That's totally wrong. That's a big no-no. If you're going to give a discount, you also give the discount to the insurance company, and that's in the guidelines, and that's following the rules. Second of all, you're a new patient. I don't owe you anything. I don't know you. I don't know what your history is. Uh, it, the, the crown is twelve hundred bucks. I'm sorry. I mean that's that's what it is. Um, if you were a patient of mine for twenty years, and I understand your situation or whatever. I would consider doing a courtesy and we've done that. But for a new patient who I don't know you, you've set the precedent because what happens if you discount this crown today for someone you don't know, what happens when you're going to do six veneers, which is $6,000, you're going to have to discount that to $4,000 because you've done that to the crown because they're going to expect that the next time with they're looking for a big ticket item. That's just my feeling. Yeah, I agree. And uh, obviously, this is the same issue in the U.S. You really you're not allowed to have a two tiered fee schedule where um, your cash fee, so to speak, is different than your insurance fee. Um, and I, I kind of figured in Canada it was the same because you guys are stricter than us about everything. So she pretty much came out right on the initial call without even knowing who this person was. Well, she asked my name, which I gave a fake name. <laughs> but Audrey Hepburn's brother. Exactly, exactly. Pretty. I don't know why where that came from. Pretty much said that, yeah, we're glad to commit insurance fraud. Um, I, I have to say, I did, like, I did like her upbeat personality and how they try to save teeth, all that kind of stuff. And then, I don't know why she brought up the lab fee. I don't know what the hell that had to do with anything. It has nothing to do with it because it's all incorporated into your final fee. Exactly. Why didn't she bring up the fee of the impression material or, or you know, yeah, which the cost is $75. Of, right. Yeah. The, co- the cost of chair turnaround. I mean, it's got nothing to do with anything. And then, of course, she never, ever asked for the appointment. Not, not even That's close. Right. Would you like to book the appointment? Would you like to have the consult first? Because a, a crown with no complications is one fee. A crown with a post-core buildup is another fee. Like, you don't know because you have never seen that patient. Uh, we try to get them in and do the exam and take the correct x-rays first. Then I can tell you a better uh, quote, let's say, on what that crown is going to cost you. Um, I think consistency is what they're looking for, is what people are looking for. If I tell you one thing on the phone, then it's going to be the same thing when you leave the office, when you get that bill. Because if I say a crown is $800 and then I have to build up a core and post and charge you another $400, then that's $1,200 right there according to her fee. Right. You and know, the patient I, doesn't care. Consistent. Yeah, And the patient doesn't care that it's it's not a crown, it's a core. Right. Because they don't know. To, to them, they've been baited and switched. That's yep. right. Okay. So, um, and then never ask for the appointment. If you had to give this, this person a grade, do you do A through F in Canada? Sure. What would you give? I'd her? give her maybe a a D for being up. Okay, you're you're nice. I, I'd have to give her an F because she never even sure. attempted to go for the appointment. All right, let's move on to another call. 
Call See, that's why Canadians two. are nice. Exactly, exactly. I should have gone to school in Canada. I would have had a 4.2. Right. <laughs> okay, call number two. Let's hit it. Uh, hi, can you please tell me how much is a crown? Uh, yes. Normally, it's $1,070. It all depends on the last yeah, I don't, I don't know what kind of phone you're on. You keep getting cut off, like, in and out. What's that? I don't... Yeah, it's hard to hear you. I think you're on a bad oh, connection. Can you hear me now? No. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like... <laughs> it's in and out. In and out. So, yeah. So, it's about $1,000. $1,000 for a crown? <laughs> okay, well, not sure what you're saying there, but thank you so much. Oh, uh, sorry. Um, we, I don't know if you're on my phone. <laughs> Hear me now? It's been better. Yeah, all right. Well, thank you very much, then. <laughs> Bye now. Oh, Bye. 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 What? Uh, that's like listening to Elmer Fudd. <laughs> I didn't. All I got was a thousand bucks. That's all I got out of that. That was horrendous. And, you know, I think um, in the COVID era, we keep saying that. I hate saying it, but in the COVID era, um, more people are working from home than ever. Maybe this office was closed and they, they forwarded the call to this person's cell phone, which is great. I'm a big believer in that. But, geez, you got to be able to understand what the person's saying. That was unacceptable. There's no communication right there. No. I, I I didn't understand what she's she could be selling me a toaster. I I, I don't know. <laughs> Horrible. So please make sure that your phone lines are clear. F got to fail. You now even you would fail her, right? Minus F. Okay. Minus F. And not her fault. Maybe the fault of, of faulty technology. But that was that was awful. Okay, uh, it was fun though. Let's do <laughs> one, <laughs> one more call. You have reached the offices of doctors. If you wish to speak to the receptionist, please press zero. Warning, your call is being recorded. Good afternoon. Jamie speaking. Oh, hi, Jamie. Can you tell me how much your crown would cost, please? Um, it is typically around $1,200. Okay, and how about if I have some kind of insurance? I, that totally depends on your insurance. I don't know. Each plan is different, so mm -hmm. it depends on what they'll cover. Got it. Okay, well, thank you then. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Comments, Liv? Uh, okay, I, I like that she said a crown was 1200 bucks up, uh, up front, but then she says, depends on what your insurance covers. Who cares what your insurance covers? You're lucky to get insurance. It's $1,200, and regardless if your insurance pays for it, it's $1,200. It doesn't matter what your insurance covered. How we approach that is we send the estimate in, and when we get the estimate back, we say, well, Mr. Smith, uh, you're very lucky that your coverage is 50%. Most people don't have that type of coverage and pay the full fee, but for you, uh, your insurance will cover $600 of the $1,200 fee. That's, that's very good insurance for you. When would you like to book the crown? That's how we would approach that. That's how we would say that. 
the, not depending on what your insurance would cover, uh, will determine the the cost of the crown. Right. The so in other words, right. The fee is the fee, and you're really fortunate that you have insurance. And come on, That's animal right. fair. So I, I just want to back up to. Um, I would imagine that when a patient calls your practice, a real human being answers the phone, and they don't start with some kind of automated system like that. I can't stand those. No, we don't have that. Someone answers the phone. Unfortunately, if we can't get to the phone, you will we'll get the answer machine. Oh, don't admit I, that. I know. Don't admit that on the Dental Practice Fixers podcast. Sorry. We'll kick you right out of here. I know. I know. But, you know, it's the truth. But, uh, <laughs> no, we get – we answer the phone. A real yeah. person answers. I can't stand that answer by a machine. It's very robotic. And then put push zero for the operator. Well, why not just answer the phone? They, they just, Ooh. you know, transferring right to the operator anyway, which is very cold yeah. sounding. And another thing, why are you, are you recording me? Why are you recording the call? Well, that, you know, it's... This call will be recorded. Well, I got to tell you, some of the practices that we work with and coach, we recommend that they record their calls because then they can review them at a team meeting, see what they could have done better. So that's that's the reason. I agree. I can't stand that when it says that. But legally, if you're recording the call, you do have to say that. So I'm going to give her a break there. Okay. Because it feels like I'm talking to the IRS or something. I know. I know. It's, it's, it's tough to get around that one. I totally agree, though. It's not a great way to start a call. No. But I'll tell you something, though. That one said, warning, this call is being recorded. I think it's a little better if you say something like for teaching and training purposes, this call is being recorded. It's tough to make that one feel good, but at least try to make it feel a little better. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I just don't like that. Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. Um, and then when it came down to it, never even attempted to ask for the appointment. No, no. Well, would you like to come in and have a consult? Because that's what you got to do. Because if people are calling uh, with a question about treatment, then you get them to come in and we'll take a look and we'll explain it better when we have more information. And I think that's, as a dentist, that's what we have to do as a practitioner. We have to give them the full picture Agreed. and tell them, tell them the truth. Would you do a no-charge consult in your practice? Um, for existing patients, yes. For a new patient, no. Because it's still my time. Again, I don't know you. I don't owe you anything. Uh, yes, it's a, I want to say it's a marketing tool that some people are using, but I, I still don't agree with it. Yeah, okay. I happen to be a fan of the no charge consult. I think, you know, I always think this person, they're calling to find out how much a crown is. They're not like some weirdo making phony phone calls. They probably need a crown or at least have been told they've got a tooth issue. So, you know, I would see them in no charge. But again, uh, you okay, know, whatever, you know, that, whatever works for you. I, no, I'm not. You're, you're a successful practitioner. I'm not going to. I think if it works for you, go for it. Yeah. I mean, it, it does work. And we tell them up front. And then when they leave the office, it's the exact same fee that we quoted on the phone. So they know that there's no kind of runaround. And we tell them, yes, there is an extra charge for the x-ray if we have to do it. Uh, and they know that. Mm -hmm. And when they leave with the knowledge of you need a crown because, and I will take the interval photos. So I, I go through the whole thing and I tell them why you need a crown. You might have a fracture. We'll do the tooth smooth or whatever and, and kind of figure it out. And then um, they have a better picture of why they need this treatment when they leave. I think that's the way to do it. I think that's more information that they have, uh, the better. And, you know, I've taken a page out of your book, what you said once, 
you tell them information like they're a six-year-old. Yep. So they understand everything. Not, oh, you have a frication involvement and you have a two, <laughs> class two. They said, what? I said, what are you talking about? Said, or else no, they just go, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Meanwhile, they don't understand a word you're That's saying. That's right. You have a hole in your tooth the size of the Grand Canyon, and this is why we have to fix it. <laughs> exactly. That's, You're speaking my language. Know. You are yeah, speaking my language. Yep. Great stuff. Um, by the way, I just read a really interesting article in the New York Times. It was written by a prosthodontist in, in Midtown Manhattan um, saying that she's noticing a huge increase in tooth fractures due to the COVID era, theorizing that people are stressed out, they're grinding, they're, they're working at home with poor posture, they're not getting enough sleep, and all these lead to um, bruxism, clenching, grinding. Have you noticed that in your practice? Yes, I, yes, I have. I've, I've seen more chips, more cusps fractures, uh, TMJ, clicking, more clicking, and that's because people are home. People are all stressed out. But then, you, you know, we see that normally with kids in college, exam time and I you know we give them the night guard and say oh it's so much better but we see more uh, we're seeing more fractures like that because people are all stressed in and and that's true I'm seeing accidents a bit more accidents come in yeah I think I think it's true I think people are probably having more medical and dental issues because of the stress and the change in our work-life balance and all these things. You know, it's, it's interesting. I also read an article that said um, with working at home, people are working more hours and they're having trouble shutting it down and making that transition between work-life and home-life. So it's a, it's a really tough time. It's, it's hard. It's hard for everybody. But we're all in the same boat. And, uh, you know, that's how your body uh, relieves stress and grind the heck out of your teeth. Or you, but you don't even know it. Yep. You clench. You don't even know it. And yeah, it's true. We're fighting that. Yep. You have reached. Whoops. Center. I think I, I call starting up again. Let me get rid of that. I don't know why. All right, well, hey, anyway, um, we've we've got to end the podcast now. But um, I'm so glad that you were able to co-host. And if anybody else listening or watching on YouTube wants to co-host, please just send me an email. Rich at Matto.com. R-I-C-H at Matto.com. Maybe you'll get to sit in the co-host chair like Dr. Livingston Shen from Toronto, Ontario did today. And we'd love Thank to you. have you on the podcast. So Liv, was, I hope it was fun for you. Did you have a good time? Thanks thanks for having me, Rich. It was great. It was, uh, it was a good time. And I got to give a plug to my friend Mitch Josephs again, lead guitarist from Necrosis. <laughs> yeah. And pretty soon we'll see what he is buying with his savings from fat merchants. So if you want to save and, right. and buy something similar, just go to matto.com slash save. Well, once again, uh, Dr. Livingston Shen, thank much, thanks so much for being our co-host today. I'm thank Dr. You, Richard. Richard Matto, along with my brother, Dr. David Matto. We are co-founders of the Matto Center for Dental Practice Success. So hey, tell your friends about the Dental Practice Fixers. Go on your, um, your podcast service and give us a high rating. We'd really appreciate that. In Canada, you're probably not allowed to say that, but we're allowed to say it here in the U.S. So. Thanks so much, everybody. I'll see you next week.